Sit down if you want to. Right in the middle of what's going on. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. Take a seat, young Skywalker. The middle children of history, man. Middle of the day, Alfred? Please, take a seat there. Right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Stop the middle of the base hit! Meeting in the middle. They fought for the freedom of middle. 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 The middle of the middle. The middle of the war. Freaking ridiculous. Why don't we have a seat to talk about? No, not the middle seat. When you need a minute to look it over, it's time for a freeze frame, where Nate Longraney, Jake Hensler, and Andrew Roger of the middle seats. And this show is designed to pause and take a quick look at a movie from the past and see how it holds up with a closer look. These are always spoiler-filled reviews, but if you're curious about the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, look for the ratings timecode in the description below. With Venom soon approaching theaters, it's the perfect time to check out the character's first film appearance. So here at the middle seats, we will be freezing on Spider-Man 3. We have some new information. This is your uncle's actual killer. We lost his trail two days ago. Revenge is like a poison that can take us over. Before you know it, it can turn you into something ugly. The suit, where'd this come from? The power feels good. Remember Ben Parker? What does it matter to you anyway? Everything! You knew this was coming, Pete. I didn't kill your father! This could be the end of Spider-Man. Now, even though the addition of Venom is the literal poster boy of Spider-Man 3, the movie is, for better or for worse, chock full of other characters. Tobey Maguire, James Franco, and Kirsten Dunst all reappear in their respective roles as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, Harry Osborn, and Mary Jane, respectively. New to the series is Topher Grace as Eddie Brock slash Venom, Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy, and Thomas Hayden Church as the Sandman. There's quite a bit of plot to split up between all the characters, but basically, Spider-Man finds himself in a black alien symbiote suit, which accentuates his emotions. Sandman is revealed to be the actual killer of Uncle Ben. Harry finds out that Peter watched his dad die, and of course, Mary Jane is trying to get her Broadway career off the ground. So, boys, what do we think? Is Spider-Man 3 an intricate web of a film, or a completely tangled mess? Let's start with Drew. Spider-Man 3 was one of the movies growing up that, like, everyone was hyped to see. This was about the time where I, my, like, fanaticism about film was really starting to develop. Like, I would say around the 2006-2007 area. Spider-Man 3 was, like, one of my big first opening night movies. Of course, Spider-Man 1 and 2 were, like, huge pieces of my childhood. Uh, and a lot of people our age's childhood. It was one of the big marquee superheroes getting his own... Uh, translation to screen, and for the most part, I think those movies are really great, and they still hold up really great, despite some maybe cheesier touches that sometimes don't play as well today. There's been a lot of hubbubaloo about, like, oh, this is one of the worst superhero sequels ever, it's one of the worst sequels ever. I don't agree with that. I do think it's one of the most disappointing movies ever made. And, I mean, we're going to get into it more here, so I'm going to keep it brief on the onset, but there are those big moments that a lot of people talk about with these movies that I'm sure everybody will touch on as we move forward. But I think the biggest problem I have with this movie is that it's really frustrating that there are all these isolated elements that could have been great, but the fact that the movie is so scattershot and so packed with everything 
due to interference and due to anything else that was going on, Sam Raimi not getting to create whatever vision that he specifically had. Um, it just ends up being a jumbled mess. Like, it's too all over the place to be a cohesive real film. It's just a series of events that happen that have Spider-Man in them. So, just watching it, it's just... It's sad. I, I more pity it than hate it or anything like that. It's just... It depresses me every time I watch it. Mm. All right. Jake, what do you think? It's it's definitely a letdown compared to the first and second Spider-Mans. Um, and actually, very much what Andrew said, the, the original Spider-Man trilogy was huge part of my childhood. I remember seeing the first one, and actually, it's a bit of a funny story. The Green Goblin legitimately scared the shit out of me when I was, what, seven, right? We were in, like, first grade. Like, there were, like, a, a few nights where I was afraid to go to bed because I was, like, his laugh, him blowing people <laughs> up with bombs. I was like, this is terrifying. And then we're going to see the second one in the poster where the trailer was of, like, his mask being taken off or he was standing on a building with his mask off and I was like, what the hell is he doing? Why would he do that? He's a superhero. He can't reveal his identity. Like, this was the big intro to my, you know, liking superheroes. So then the third one came out and like Andrew said, I was amped. I had a birthday party about it. My birthday's at the end of April. This came out the uh, beginning of May. So we, me and my parents took a bunch of kids to go see this for my whatever age birthday it was. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I know. I took, a girl, I took a girl I liked and everything. Well, like oh. I invited her and she came and I was all amped. And then... She didn't like and, you after the movie, did she? Oh, well, she never liked me, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there's like emo Spider-Man and I just wasn't... Everybody knew it just wasn't as good as the other two. It just wasn't. I don't agree it's awful like some people say. Like, some people hate X-Men 3. Some people hate Spider-Man 3. I feel like they're kind of in a similar boat. Neither of them are terrible. They're just such letdowns compared to the other two. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely similar sentiments over here on my end. I think upon rewatch, because it is on Netflix, in case people are interested and want to relearn their Venom history before seeing the movie. All 15 um, minutes of it. All 15 minutes of it. This movie's just a slog to get through. Like... Yes, there's a lot of stuff going on, but there's also a lot of just downtime where you're waiting for stuff to happen, whether it's uh, Peter Parker to actually do something with the symbiote, whether it's them trying to just figure out what the hell they're doing with emo Peter Parker, what the hell Mary Jane's doing through this entire movie. It's a lot less of a Spider-Man movie and a lot more of a romantic love triangle story for the majority of the middle of the movie. And then you get the big action set pieces at the beginning and the end. And it's frustrating because there's definitely the seeds of cool movie in here, but you have to juggle so much about like Peter trying to propose to MJ, everything with Gwen Stacy introducing a third love triangle for some reason. It's just, it's just messy. It's sloppy. There's right. way too much going on. And it's like with all that juggling, it becomes a, mess of tones as well because this one was pitched as like the darkest i don't know if you guys remember all the trailers and stuff like that where it's just pitched the black suit the black suit the black suit so it's really jarring when we go from romantic comedy elements to straight up slapstick comedy and then like all of a sudden we'll take a hard turn back to the dark stuff where like peter will be doing his emo jazz dance thing and then he'll like fucking abuse mary jane like two seconds later like, it's stuff like that where it's like, it's a puzzle piece of scripts, but the pieces don't actually fit together. You're just jamming that shit in. Mm -hmm. The big moments we were talking about with the emo stuff and, you know, other things like that, they bother me. But at the same time, they're nothing in comparison to, like, this was such a waste. Like, the 
Sandman stuff, I really like most of the Sandman stuff. I think Thomas Hayden Church does a really good job in the role. But then he's just gone for 50 minutes, so there's no rhythm to anything. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so up and down with what they're trying to accomplish that ultimately nothing really works. Mm -hmm. Like, I obviously bring in Venom, you need to do it. He's, you know, Spider-Man's ultra rival. And I think having the symbiote take over Peter is a huge essential part of the story too. But they should have, not only should they have focused on a little bit more, they should have gotten it better. Like, everybody remembers Spider-Man 3, and they joke about him snapping and his dancing. Everybody jokes about it, and rightfully so, but they should have tried to get that a little bit more right and just focus on that and his arc and, you know, Mary Jane and all that kind of stuff and just do a better job with that and recast Venom. Topher Grace was never the guy for Venom. Right. I don't know who decided that was all right, but... Right, and if you're <laughs> going to do the Venom thing, split it into two movies. Like, this should be two movies. There are two separate films here. The first should be the grudge match between Harry and Peter. That would have been interesting. Yeah, Eddie, yes. Eddie Brock should be in the movie, but he should not be Venom. The last time we should see him is when he becomes Venom in the symbiote. At like, at, oh, that would have been the an church. interesting way to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, you have a developed character into the next movie. Carry it over. So little did I know... Andrew has a fan fiction for Spider-Man 3. I didn't know this. <laughs> I can't I can't cop this as an original thought because I feel like this movie's been written about so many times. I feel like I've run across Probably. this. But, like, it makes too much sense to me, you know? Oh, yeah. The, mm. the best parts about using Venom and the symbiote suit in general in a movie is taking Spider-Man's dark side. And they do a little bit of that where they show uh, Peter and Spider-Man as being more violent, but more powerful and kind of tackling that with great power comes great responsibility part and focusing on if you're using your powers for bad purposes that's so anti spider-man from what we've gotten to learn from the last two movies so i feel like the arc with harry as like green goblin version 2.0 and dealing with black suit spider-man that's a compelling arc because you're dealing with a dark Spider-Man who's trying to juggle, am I being a righteous hero or am I being too much of an anti-hero? Um, that could have made for a fun movie. And then bring on Venom, like you said, Drew. Right. In that case of it all, Sandman feels tacked on. And then you could also very easily make a compelling Sandman movie. Like, all the pieces are there, but slapping it all together into one movie was just way too much. Right. There, there are just moments of brilliance sprinkled throughout that just they they infuriate you because they're like oh that was a great like the scene where sandman is birth for lack of a better term is beautiful mm -hmm. it's beautifully animated well i mean it's a little dated but for the time period it looked beautiful it was really poetic and nice but then that's just like a short burst and again we don't see him enough for another like 15 20 minutes after that so mm -hmm. these through lines just do not connect together easily. And I know I'm, I'm hammering that point in, but that's the, the thing that comes to my head when we talk about this movie. It's just such a mess. And it's a shame because it could have been such a, you know, stamp of a trilogy if they just got it right or even better. Mm -hmm. So let's get into a little bit more specifics. What do we like about the movie or even love about Spider-Man 3? I think, I've always thought Tobey Maguire was good. I know people love, people say Tom Holland's the best one now. I don't, I don't know if I prefer him or Tobey Maguire personally, but I've always had a soft spot for Tobey Maguire. I always thought he did a good job. I do think the stuff with this with Sandman is interesting. I guess kind of what Andrew was saying. Like, there's a lot of sprinkled stuff. Like, you know, introducing Sandman as a first villain would have been great. His whole feud with Harry, you know, would have been great. There's just 
things that go, you know, back and forth that are not great. Yeah, some of the stuff that works really well in the other two movies is still present. Like, I mean, J.K. Simmons is perfect as J. Jonah Jameson. He's always good. As, yeah, he's mm-hmm. so good as J. He's always great. And they continue to, like, I think, this, is this the one where he has the through line where, like, his heart is, like, not working and stuff? Like, yes. Like, that stuff is funny. The scene he has with the little girl at the end is really funny. Um, he's just a delight. <laughs> and I, if they ever bring that character back, they need to contact him. So, like, stuff like that that have been peppered in throughout the universe, it's still fun to interact with these characters. Like, I know Peter is mopey at points, but you still want to root for him. I do think Tobey Maguire does do a underrated job in this movie because he's asked to do some weird things that kind of undercut what his acting level can do, you know, like jazz dancing. <laughs> yeah, and I think the the it's weird that Harry gets amnesia, but, like, I understand what they were trying to do with that, and I like the little back and forth between them. I find Mary Jane extremely annoying in this movie, but the tug-of-war between Peter and Harry over her is a little interesting. I'm just trying to think of, like, ways to talk about this movie where I list the positive things, but I don't, like, add a qualifier. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, I I just wish there was more Spider-Man, because what you saw from Spider-Man is fun. The subway fight with Sandman when we first see black-suited Spider-Man, like, really in action, is a fun action scene. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of cool moments there. And I think the fun elements of the universe that you were starting to pit on there, Drew, with J.K. Simmons' character, uh, with the restaurant scene. I'm not sure if you guys remember that one. Yeah, Peter with first Bruce Campbell, to right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that's funny. And then we have the tone shifts where we can't be funny anymore. We have to be serious. And those parts of the movies just do not line up with whatever Sam Raimi's vision was. And it just... It reeks of weird script changes halfway through the process. It's clear Sam Raimi gets, like, gets the characters and understands, like, what is interesting about them and how they should look. Jake, you were talking about earlier how Green Goblin freaked you out. Like, I was 11 or 12 years old, and Venom's design is exactly as freaky as it should be. He's a little slimmer than I would have wanted. Yeah, He I should agree. not have a neck. But <laughs> at the, at, like, at the same time... His face freaked me out for a long time. So when I heard we were getting a new Venom movie, I was like, oh boy, do I have to go through this again where I have to look at this fucking face all the time and at, possibly at get PTSD? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the final fight on its own, again, it just feels like a mishmash. It's like, let's get all the characters in one place together and just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And the way we get to it is so contrived. I think my least favorite part of the movie, I know we talk about, again, the nightclub stuff and the dancing down the sidewalk, um, but my least favorite part is the whole emotional conflict between Harry and Peter is resolved by the deus ex butler. That's my least favorite part of the entire movie, where he just comes (laughs) in and he's like, oh, by the way, you lost half your fucking face, but here's what I knew that could have prevented that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, oh boy. This is the best we could do, guys. Like, this is how we were going to rally him. It would have been so much more heroic if he just showed up to, like, put the grudge away and showed up to save him anyway. Or, like, had the realization on his own that his dad was a shithead. Yeah. For becoming the Green Goblin. He killed people. Yeah, your dad was a psychopath. Spider-Man saved the day. Bada-bing, bada-boom. It is kind of weird that he never, like, addresses the fact that his father was a psychopath. Like, he just, he finds out he was the Green Goblin. He's like, oh, yeah, let's keep the family business going. Like... (laughs) <laughs> no and like, again only for the first 15 minutes of the movie too and then amnesia fixes it all right <laughs> and we don't see Fuck that him. come up for another two-thirds of the movie my biggest 
beef with this movie. It's just the needlessly complicated love triangles going on here. Gwen Stacy did not need to be in this movie. No. She's acted fine, and so is Mary Jane for that regard. But they give both female leads absolute crap to work with. Right. And it's it's just so needlessly tacked on in addition to the already bloated plot. And it just it was really frustrating upon rewatch because you're just waiting for stuff to happen. And here we are. <laughs> uh, and then it ends. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm starting to get frustrated, so I think it's time to move on to ratings before I devolve too much into rabid fan mode. Uh, Jake, on the seat scale, where do you rate Spider-Man 3? I feel like I, I'd have to go uh, with a wooden seat for this one because it, it definitely leans positive. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It just didn't quite get it right. You know, wasn't quite good enough for me to go. I genuinely enjoyed it. It's fine enough. It's not bad. It's not dull to watch. There's just too many things going on that make you go, damn. Too jumbled in some places, not enough going on in others. I think one of my main things was Venom was just very, very miscast and needed to do more with the whole symbiote too, even with Spider-Man. I I always thought that was a huge misstep as far as this movie went. So plain and simple wouldn't see it. All right, Drew, what about you? See, I feel like we have, like, the same sentiment, Jake, but I think I'm more on the negative end on this one, just because every time I think about this movie, the good things I think about are followed by, like, one or two things that was, like, a mistake. Like, Venom's actual face is pretty cool, but then the flip side of that is we see Topher Grace's face the entire finale. Mm -hmm. Little stuff like that. Sandman being connected to the death of Peter's uncle. Like, stupid. Harry, the Harry conflict being wrapped up by the butler. Stupid. It balances out, but the fact that there's so many negatives tips the scale on the negative side for me. I'm teetering where I've been for, I feel like, the last few weeks on the last couple episodes we recorded. I'm going to go damp lawn chair, but not like a terrible damp lawn chair. Like a webby one. Like a gross one. Uh, (laughs) Stuck in your attic? (laughs) That sounds so much worse. Yeah, it's supposed to be better. Sorry. Um, And I give this damp lawn chair not to Sam Raimi, not to Tobey Maguire, not to anybody really that made this movie. I give it to Sony. Because this movie is their fault. Because they pushed Venom on Sam Raimi. They had so much studio control, they pushed him off the franchise so that he never wanted to make another one of these again. Like, you're the ones that ruined this. You get the damp lawn chair, the webby lawn chair. I like that addition. Sony gets it. Right. (laughs) Sam Raimi's so talented, he gets a bit of a pass for this. Just because I know they had so many hands in the kitchen that ultimately it turned into this disgusting fucking stew. Mm -hmm. Way too many cooks. I'm going to also give this movie a damp lawn chair. For all the points we mentioned, at the end of the day, it's, it's just too convoluted for its own good, and there's way too much wasted potential throughout this entire mess. I wanted to see so much more of all the cool stuff and so much less of all the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the end of the day, just, like, make a good movie. That's all, that's all I need. So this is, this is definitely not one. I think it's kind of righteously shunned in current culture, and I'm hoping, crossing fingers, knock on wood, all that jazz, that the next upcoming Venom movie at least gives that character a little bit more justice, and maybe we'll see uh, more Sandman and other characters in future Spider-Man movies to keep this all yeah, going. From, from from this recording time, we'll know a lot more in about three hours. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Judgment Day is coming. Judgment Day is coming. So keep an eye out for our podcast of Venom. We will be reviewing it. 
Uh, but that will do it for this week's freeze frame. In terms of getting in touch with us, you can like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Middle Seats. We're also on the go on both SoundCloud and iTunes. For any questions, comments, or updates on the show, keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter, both at The Middle Seats. And if you like what we hear and you want to see more content, let us know and spread the word. We're Nate Longarini, Jake Hensler, and Andrew Jay. That'll do it for this week's Freeze Frame at the Middle Seats. Keep that seat warm, everyone, and we'll be back soon.